Hello and welcome to Curating Conversation. Thanks very much for tuning in. I had a really lovely chat today with a chap called Ika Hedlum, who is a podcaster, a social worker, and a social kind of guru, I suppose. He's got a couple of platforms which he tries to celebrate artists in the northeast of Scotland. His podcast is called The Creative Me Podcast. He also heads up a platform called We Are Here, which aims to support BAME and BIPOC artists in northeast Scotland, particularly around Aberdeen. And he's done a fantastic job over the past three years of developing this platform and really creating something that is quite inspiring. And so I thought I had to have him on to have a little chat about, you know, what he got into all this for and how he developed it and how it's going. So sit back, relax and enjoy this episode. I'm just going to start off, Ike, by asking you, you know, what was your earliest experience of art? Because obviously, you know, you started off doing a, an arts yeah. and crafts sort of a design mm-hmm. background, but then went well, away from it. But yeah. what was your earliest sort of idea? I think my early experience was um, growing up in London. I remember like in the summers, um, kind of single parent households, my mum would take me and my siblings down to Dulwich Art Gallery. So that was the kind of thing we just kind of exposed to lots of kind of different art and within Dulwich Art Gallery in the grounds was like a park as well. So I think that and, you know, that early childhood, childhood experience and also at school as well, getting to go to a lot of trips to art galleries and stuff like that. So just seeing that like art in all kind of different, in all its different forms kind of really engaged me. Um, I think I was also kind of quite a creative child. So I think that was kind of like a really kind of good kind of outlet for me to, be exposed to this and also kind of like and also like comic books as well and stuff like that where we kind of like just the colors like um dc and like marvel comics really kind of like entice mm-hmm. me to kind of like you know just draw my own little characters and stuff like that so yeah i think this is from like a um from a early age there's lots of different things going to art galleries with like family school trips and also this is my interest in like sci-fi and comic comic book art okay wicked and so is any of your family like in the creative industries or creative in any way? Yeah, they are. I think I remember like my mum always kind of just, just doing little doodles and drawings and stuff like that. And my brother as well, he's quite... You know, and he used to do um, haircuts when he was a bit younger and he used to hand out his flies and stuff. Yeah, geez. <laughs> so you have done your research. Well, yeah, he used to like um, do little, little hair. Like he used to start doing... Just for a little short period, he started like cutting hair. If it wasn't like... I think he was like, that's, that's, cause he's a couple of years older than me. So I think that's when he was in secondary school. Now it's probably still in primary school. Yeah. So yeah, it's a real good throwback there. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like, so he, he like draw a picture of like someone cutting hair and that was really cool. So yeah, I always kind of had like this um, creative people like within my family and it was like family friends as well. So I think that's always kind of like this help. And it was like my circle of friends growing up, you know, very much when I went to like secondary school age, but very much into like comics and stuff and sci-fi things. So that you know that was kind of like important yeah for sure so i remember reading that you went to art and design college or yeah. university and then obviously you didn't end up finishing the course but when yeah. you went mm-hmm. were you already creating sort of artwork or was it something that you just wanted to do well yeah well it's just like that's you know i was in london that's like when i left school so i went to like city of westminster college and studied art and design and i could and i always kind of say this and i guess you probably researched this as well but i wasn't kind of I don't think I was that kind of mature or ready to be kind of criticized about my, my kind of artwork and stuff like that. So I think for me at that kind of age, I kind of like, yeah, decided, all right, I'm going to leave, you know, I'm, I'm not going to follow through that K, um, the course, but, um, 
Yeah, I found the experience for me, it was, it was very kind of like interesting. It, it was really interesting because I went to completely, was, I went to central London. I'm from Southeast London. So I met so many different people from different parts of London, different kind of cultures as well. So I think even kind of like, you know, having that kind of brief experience did kind of prepare me for actually just engaging with different cultures. And, you know, because my the culture I grew in was predominantly Afri- Afro-Caribbean, African and like um like south 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 asian community and where i grew up so it's kind of like that kind of definitely opened my eyes about you know there is like even though it's still in london but there's so many kind of different and diverse kind of communities and you know so so for me that experience it was definitely a big kind of learning curve and i kind of sometimes i when i was younger i used to think when i didn't follow through when in my 20s i thought like oh i wish i kind of kind of followed through with that kind of course and didn't know what could have happened, but, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. So I definitely kind of learned from that experience and learned, learned about actually being a bit more humble as well. I was young, yeah, I was like yeah. 17 or like 18 then. So yeah, just very much kind of thinking like, oh, no one can tell me what to do. But this is, you know, I very much now actually embrace kind of any kind of criticism, especially when it comes to like this kind of platform or a podcast. When I sort of started, I was also asking for like people, oh, can I get some feedback and stuff? And I think that definitely helps you in, t- in the terms of your development and in your process. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, you, I think when you're the one behind the creative process, it's very mm-hmm. hard to kind of see where you're going wrong because you're in your yeah. head, you're like, this is so right. I know exactly what I'm doing, which I'm guessing age 17, Ike is in art school. He's like, I am God. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you did what you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. So what artwork are you kind of drawn to? Is, is there a type of painting or artists who you kind of admire and at the time were like, I want to be like them? Yeah, I remember like when actually this is the thing when I was in like um college my brief time, we saw um Christopher Philly and he won the Turner Prize, I think that year, and we saw I can't remember where it was the gallery. But when I kinda of saw his stuff and then he had like one character is called like Captain Shit. <laughs> it's like I, I can't remember this is very bad, I can't remember the whole kind of meaning or the kind of behind, you know, this this particular piece of artwork. But it's very much kind of like drawn draw me in, drew me in. I thought, wow, like, you know, here's a black artist and he's kind of got to this kind of stage that's really amazing, you know, that people know he's being celebrated and people are recognizing, you know, his work. And then obviously like, you know, Basquiat as well. Definitely that's been something, I think, I think it's just something that's just about the kind of, with those two particular artists, it's just about that kind of, the colors that they kind of use as well. I'm very much drawn to like colors and stuff like that. And just, um, I think definitely like with those two artists, you see how much they can express, they express themselves within that, the, their work. It's hard to kind of like explain like why I kind of got, why I'm really drawn to them. But I think, yeah, their, their work just kind of really stands out to me and kind of like, yeah, it almost kind of in that sense kind of like motivates me in a sense to be like, okay, they done this different periods of their life and they go through lots of kind of different things personally where it's just like okay but they still manage to create engaging pieces of work so yeah that's kind of like my kind of like not very great good explanation for you no i think you saying that makes me think of you're attracted to kind of like the the, the, the confidence because these artists aren't traditional yeah. kind of painters you know mm-hmm. they're doing stuff that at the time i mean basquiat started off painting on walls and you know, yeah graffiti sort of stuff and then developed onto canvases and, and then you know mary boone it all went a bit wild but um i think it's the, the sort of the physical element and the non kind of societal norm is mm-hmm. what I, I guess what's so inspiring about it 
Well, yeah, because I think like, you know, um, I think a part of it as well for me is about that kind of representation as well, especially within the art world, the art industry. There's not many like black or male female artists kind of recognize that kind of level, you know, um, by like the mainstream kind of like predominantly white um, art industry. So I think you're seeing that. And I think as that kind of representation does it is important for a young person, you probably see like, oh, that's a possibility. Then that's like a career somebody's made out of this. I know and they're doing really well. So that's why I think like, you know, the, the part of that as well is like the representation bit is very kind of important. And also the kind of like confidence, because I'm probably with younger, it's probably like more kind of like an like introverted kind of person. Um, and I think, you know, seeing someone, yeah, it's probably definitely about that kind of confidence as well that, you know, they just go and created their work for themselves, not for like a mainstream audience. And still, like, so that kind of like unwavering belief in themselves—that's that, what comes across in their artwork. Yeah, definitely. No, I think that's so true. And I think a lot of artists, especially young artists who are coming through art school, you know, I'm, I'm in contact with a lot of them, and yeah, the, the, their best work comes out when they stop trying to emulate other people or other things, and they just sort of look into themselves. And I think I've said this before. You know, the, the highest form of art is just honest expression, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're able to put forth what you want for you, and it means something to you, chances are, if it's honest to you, it'll resonate with other people, honestly. Yeah. And that's, I think, the, the powerful nature of art. But interesting that you mentioned the um, sort of the non-representational aspect of the art world, because you obviously do an awful lot with We Are Here, yeah, which is your sort of platform for celebrating, you know, fame and um artists and stuff like that how did that originally sort of come about and what actually is it well that kind of came about last year um just kind of like on the kind of platform of create me podcast i kind of felt like as being like living in the northeast of scotland even within like you know the the art industry up here you know you know have a lot of good kind of contacts a lot of good friends i've made through the podcast but i kind of got felt a bit more kind of self-aware going to exhibitions or like you know artistic events and being like one or one the only black person in the room or maybe a couple of black people or people you know of or have minorities in the room i kind of felt like well in comparison to like you know edinburgh glasgow dundee i know there's lots of talented and creative black and minority ethnic artists and you know people doing their thing, working hard. So I was like, well, why can't we, you know, I do a podcast celebrating Northeast Scotland creators and artists. So why can't I kind of create a platform that, you know, bigs up and celebrates the black and minority artists across Scotland. So that's what I just came up with. I think like, you know, as in we are here. And I think it's kind of like probably a bit of a um, riff on the Ava DuVernay um, series. And um, when they see us, that was out on Netflix last year. And I was kind of watched that and that really kind of resonated with me as well. So I kind of felt like, yeah, we are here. I am here. I'm doing this kind of thing. And, you know, I want to like celebrate people that look like me. So the, the part of it was that um, this kind of connected with people, black and minority artists on the Create Me podcast forum over the years. And they had this message. People said, hey, I'm setting up a new kind of platform on Instagram and, you know, um, would you kind of be, would some people be interested if they had to do a little kind of like little shout outs? And I guess like, you know, we'll be getting to more like how things have definitely kind of changed politically and socially in like, you know, the climate in society at the moment. But um, it was kind of like at a period, period, I think, yeah, I started the, the, the page on Instagram back in like January this year. 
I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. Like, I first thought, oh, let me just do a website. I thought, you know, let me just kind of stick to what I know best. And that's actually using like social media. So I started that. And then some people, you know, did some little shout outs in the feed and stuff like that. They started to kind of just generate more kind of conversations, you know, with people. There was going to be, um, due to like the whole COVID-19, the COVID-19 pandemic before we did have like planned to do like a showcase in Aberdeen. Um, partnered with the Look Again Festival, who I did some commissioned interviews for last year. They came and approached me, the team. Um, they're based out of Robert College University. So they, yeah, yeah. That must have been a, a huge recognition for you. You know, having yeah. done this podcast, started from from nothing. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you, I remember when I first started this, you have a look on the stats and it's like, oh, yeah. God, five people listened. Oh my God. <laughs> and now you're having like a huge art body be like, yo, can you come and do this for us? Yeah. That must have been a real moment of like, you feel you felt appreciated. Oh, absolutely. I think that's that, you know, because I think like, obviously, you know, this is a kind of like solitary kind of process or kind of like creative kind of outlet. So you do kind of feel like, is it, am I actually making a difference? Is is it resonating to people? So that was cool that, you know, we, we are here and look again, team said, hey, we're going to do like a showcase. It was going to be in March um, at one of the cinemas, independent cinemas called the Belmont Cinema. And they have like a little um, seated area downstairs. And it's going to be really cool. Almost kind of like a Petra Kucha kind of style kind of talk. And I introduced about... I got a budget to like, you know, um, choose about, I think it was like five black and minority creators. No, it was eight black and minority creators across Scotland, a few based in Aberdeen, a few just based in Glasgow and Edinburgh as well. So that's all cool, cool, all ready to go. Then the kind of pandemic hit. So that was just kind of put on hold. So like that, that kind of platform, I always definitely want to have be, have a space to champion people that look like me and given the whole recent things that's kind of happened with like black lives matter. Like I took a bit of a break from social media. I was off for like six me six weeks, just like my health. And then I thought, okay, I've seen a bit better. Let me just kind of come back on. I had like 400, probably like followers on the, we are here Instagram page. And then it's kind of rocketed up to like, I think it's like, right, what, 1,000 or 500 or something now. So it kind of like, you know, I was just kind of like, when with that account, well, we are here on that platform. I do speak about like the social injustice issues around race and racism because the, the, the fact is that for any black or minority artist, race and racism will always come into something. They were always going to have to deal with that to some degree. So that's why I kind of spoke. That's why if you people look on the feed, I do speak out on those issues, but also kind of want to draw a light on what's happening in Scotland in terms of like black and minority creators and what they're doing or if somebody messages me and said hey can you share this kind of like opportunity and it's kind of like this UK wide then I can actually just kind of put that on my feed or just kind of like personally DM people and say hey look, look get on this you're talking about funding the other day look that might kind of help you and stuff so I think that's that kind of thing to actually to support people as much as I can and also the, going back to that kind of thing how representation is very much important especially for the black and minority creators. We don't really see a lot of that across the industry. It's not just like, you know, not just in Scotland, but also in the UK or it's worldwide. There's not that much representation for us. Yeah. And I think, I mean, firstly, well done. It's an amazing <laughs> platform. And I think, yeah. you know, it's for a source of information and education and mm -hmm. celebration. Mm -hmm. I think the platform is and has potential to do a huge amount of good. Mm -hmm. And I think people more so now than ever are keen to actually educate themselves and understand exactly what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, you're making it easy for people and you've managed to be the one who's not lazy and actually got off their ass and been like, look, this is happening. This is where it is. Yeah. Come find it. And I think that's so important. People aren't always aware of the opportunities 
Yeah. I think if you're plugged into that sort of opportunity matrix and you're able to kind of filter that out to, you know, Northeast Scotland, Aberdeen's yeah. got so much going on. Yeah. As I found out from listening to your podcast, okay. uh, you know, there's so much there. I think it's such a great platform. And I think there's so much potential for it to really, as I said, you know, make a difference, which is really yeah. exciting. Yeah. But also added to this, I mean, you are just the loveliest bloke. You're a social worker, you know, you do so much. And then you also celebrate people here. Yeah. And you try to, you know, big up the dean. Uh, Good God, man. But then, so when did the social work stuff kind of... That the whole social work thing kind of came about just because I think with my family, there's always kind of people that kind of do stuff for the community. That's always kind of been there. So I've always kind of been exposed to that. And I think it kind of came to a point where like, you know, I was working the retail job and wasn't really kind of feeling that fulfilled. So I ended up kind of volunteering at King's Cross, um, Holy Cross, um, Holy Cross Centre, which is like a drop-in centre for like homeless and people in the area. And that was really cool. And that kind of said, oh, okay, this is what I should kind of be doing. You know, I didn't really kind of make it within like the kind of creative industry then. So I thought, well, I actually like doing it. I'm this. so glad you said then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, just no, no giving up, my friend. Yeah. Keep absolutely. going. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. And I think it's just like, you know, so I kind of studied, I did like a um, two years um, at what was called Aberdeen College then, but now it's called the Northeast College. Um, did two years there, h Social Care. And I went to do my social work and BA Honours, graduated in 2011. And I've always kind of now still working like in children and family social work. But like, even in the sense of like creativity and all, I always use that, especially in like life story work of young children that like, or young people that I worked with, just a means uh, that they can um, express their feelings without actually kind of putting them right on the spot. So, you know, we can do like, you know, or kind of like a little bit like a graffiti writing thing or like the building where I work, we've got lots of kind of empty space. We say, oh, let's put something up that kind of celebrates us. We do a lot of kind of like summer kind of and like Easter and October kind of like activities. We'll get a budget for that. So we take pictures and we get kids to kind of like own little bits of spaces within the building that they say, okay, we done this or we done that. So I think that it's never, that's never kind of left me that turns of like actually my interest in kind of creativity or using that as a means to kind of engage with young people in my job. So yeah, like I think like social work has definitely been a really kind of a good calling for me. It's something that I definitely in, enjoy, you know, like it's very, it's very, it's a very interesting kind of career. It's like everyone says like social work is a thankless job, but I kind of feel like the relationships that you develop within this job with your colleagues and the families, you see them like years later and you see like, wow, that young person, you know, you're like, you know, made an impact. Yeah. Yeah. Big impact, you know? So yeah, I think like for me, the whole thing like social work is always kind of being like, um, I think it's always kind of been there by seeing that within like my, within my family or within the community I, I, um, I lived in when I was growing up that, people always kind of supporting each other and stuff, you know, and, you know, like, it sounds very kind of cliche, but people's doors always kind of open to each other. Like my mom be like, I'll go over and get some flour or sugar from the neighbor across the road. And it's like, all good. It's more like, you know, so that kind of sense of growing up in community and knowing obviously learning right from wrong kind of definitely gave me all those kind of skills and in my, in terms of like my job now, I think as well. I, I wonder whether that whole, you know, desire to help the community, mm-hmm as you said, it comes from your, your family's growing up in, in London, obviously, and yeah. open door, you know, neighbors are all real close. And yeah. I think, I think the English British as a, as a larger whole mm-hmm. are quite unfriendly. 
I think, you know, you've got the American culture of like you move into a neighborhood and you yeah. go around with cookies and flowers. Yeah. And it's like, hey, yeah. like, if you do that in England, you'd get a restraining order. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it's, it's just nice to see that that is something that is, is prevalent. And I think mm. bringing that to Northeast Scotland, really important. And I mean, yeah. I, I, I live in Edinburgh and, mm. you know, I live in a tenement block and, you know, I, I know maybe one of them and that's because yeah. I bumped into them with my dog. Yeah. Like, it's not because there's any community, but I think anything you can do to foster that even better in my opinion that it's through a creative outlet yeah and that's incredible and i you know i think there's a real impact to be had there and that's i think i think like like i think a lot of people like, i think like people who are scottish and they're born in scotland they always have different opinions about different parts of scotland like edinburgh glasgow dundee they always kind of like probably not slag each other off but when i came to that oh no they, they definitely do they yeah. definitely. <laughs> i was being polite <laughs> um, when i came to aberdeen i found it very weird because like this is like you know in london if somebody strangely speaks to you at a bus stop you're thinking oh like oh god what's gonna happen now yeah no to take a step back like. yeah but in, like i remember in aberdeen my first experience of somebody saying oh yeah the weather's a bit funny today. i was like oh yeah i was kind of like didn't know how to kind of process that i think like there is like within scottish culture i think there is that kind of like just friendly kind of like openness to some degree, you know, like you can be a bit more remote, like Aberdeen, especially, you know, like yeah. it's not a, it's a big place, but it's not that big. Yeah. And so I think there is a kind of a thing like, oh, you're here, you're like part yeah. of the bigger community. And yeah. I think it's yeah, nice. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like for me, it's kind of, it was like a bit of adjustment for people that just wanted to have a like, chat to pass the time. I find that so surreal growing up from London, like inner city London, that somebody just wants to have a chat with you at the bus stop. You know, something like, wow. So, like, I think even that kind of sense of, like, kind of community feel that I grew up with within, because I come from, like, my family's, my parents are from Jamaica. So I think within that kind of Caribbean thing as well would be, like, and when I've been to Jamaica over the years, it's kind of been, like, that same kind of vibe of just, like, I'll go down to such and such place and, you know, it's all kind of, like, everyone knows each other kind of thing. So that's kind of, like, been the same. I guess, like you said, like, Aberdeen's quite, like, a, it's a small kind of corner of Scotland. So it's kind of like being the same thing. It's like two or three degrees of separation. So someone will know someone, you know, within your kind of circle. And I find that's kind of being quite helpful for me in terms of even doing the podcast as well, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think you doing the podcast uh, as well as helping get guests also means I think people will have heard about you or heard who you are or whatever. Yeah. And I guess it adds another level of, of inspiration to the families that you do go work with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if they've got young children who are, who are black, perhaps who mm -hmm. don't have that many, you know, big role models in Scotland. Yeah. And I think of a handful of, you know, black artists, music, musicians and artists in, uh, in Scotland. But there, as you said, there aren't a huge amount that are celebrated. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are hundreds of thousands, but it's just yeah. whether they get the platform and the opportunity to be seen. Yeah, yeah, this is it. And I think it's kind of like, you know, for me, I kind of feel like it is like, it's, it's a tough task in terms of the path kind of going down this, especially like where I'm kind of based. I think like somebody, you think like, if you read that on paper, you think like, oh, this is Scotland. You think like, they're in Aberdeen. So, you know, like, you know, I think someone will probably like take a pause for a minute. Like someone will probably assume that everything that I'm doing, I'll be based in Edinburgh or Glasgow. But the point is as well that, you know, doing stuff like this, like having this kind of like, you know, recorded conversation online that, you know, this, this is a new way. It's always been a way, I guess, like, um, of people recording podcasts anyway, you know, like I used to do my own, like physically face to face in my studio, but then this is the kind of like, you know, we're definitely kind of evolving in the way in terms of like the way we can work. So I think for me, like even moving forward and like even championing like black and minority artists, like, 
I can use this kind of platform as well. I don't know if I don't have to hop on the train all the time and go, you know, like Edinburgh, Glasgow or Dundee or anywhere else. I can actually do this from the comfort of my home. So I kind of feel like, okay, like um, regardless of like my location, it's going to be, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard task, you know, to do, to take on, to take on what I'm doing, but it's just kind of like, okay, it has to start from somewhere. I can't kind of think about, be too much in my head about it and say, oh, but I'm just based in Aberdeen and I have to kind of think of ways to actually kind of like, you know, just yeah, to think beyond actually where I am physically and actually say, well, I'm online as well. So yeah, I have a platform as well that can reach people in the UK. So why don't I kind of actually just expand on that a bit more? Yeah, for sure. I think you know, lockdown for me happened when I was about to you know gear up, had exhibitions going with the gallery and mm-hmm. had podcasts lined up. And obviously, you know, same as you, you have to suddenly cut them short and suddenly a studio space is like a, you know, a quarantine zone mm-hmm. and actually doing it online is almost meant it's been easier for me actually. Yeah. And there's so much software. I mean, I'm doing this over Squadcast right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's at this point, I wish I had an affiliate link, but I don't. Um, <laughs> but but uh, it's really good. And it means that you can chat to people, as you said, you know, in all, all areas, you know, mm-hmm. I could chat to someone in Australia, in America, yeah. whatever, and it wouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. So I think in that respect, as much as the world is now socially distanced, mm-hmm. physically distanced, it, I think there is the opportunity to really collaborate and do really big things yeah. and there's i've seen a lot of i guess events online mm-hmm. and you know people going live on instagram doing collabs or whatever you know, it's so much going on and i think i mean i'm historically a bit of a tech phobe like i kind of don't enjoy <laughs> you know the whole thing but yeah. i am finally beginning to realize that i need to embrace it and need to get into it and actually there's so much good to be done mm-hmm. I mean, i'm very suspicious of like typing in my email i'm like what are they going to do with it oh my god <laughs> but in reality, you know, it's. It, I think there's a lot of good to be done if done properly. Yeah. But just to get back onto, I guess, a vague track. Mm. If you hadn't have gone into social work, what do you think you would have ended up doing? Do you know what? I don't know because the thing is, like, I, I like I also like cooking as well. So like, well, and I don't want to be like bragging, braggadocious or anything. But I think, oh yeah, I'm a decent enough cook. I don't know if I like would have gone into gone into doing that like my older sister Michelle she was a chef for quite a while for about 10 years and now she's like a civil servant now um I was kind of like yeah with my family who was kind of like you know cooking or around that kind of family kind of thing was very kind of like important and so I don't know if I would have went being a chef I don't know or whatever to kind of like dip my toes back into like the art industry I think it's between those kind of two things maybe mm. I mean both very creative outlets to be fair mm-hmm. yeah they're both things that require a lot of your own i guess self into yeah. them that's really interesting and this since you've been in Aberdeen, what now 17 years roughly yeah you've got why well, your, your research is really good <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh how much has it changed you know since you've been there in terms of the the cultural creative sort of sphere i think it's changed so much like i remember like you know like the art gallery kind of opened up again last year um after like a long period of because it's kind of being like you know a lot like just kind of being fixed up and stuff and i remember that was kind of like my go-to kind of place and i guess i wasn't kind of really too much within the kind of art kind of scene as it like when i was just like studying or working away probably dipped into a few little things here and there you know over the years but I think it's definitely changed so much because like even from looking, you know, with like, you know, the podcast platform to seeing like, wow, like there's, there's some immediate people I know within my circle, then somebody kind of follows you and can like, oh, I didn't realize they were even doing this. So it's definitely changed so much. I think there's so much like 
interesting like look there's little collectives kind of starting up as well and people are just actually just, just doing stuff they're not waiting asking for permission to kind of do things i think you know like you know probably like 10 years ago would have kind of just been like i don't, I don't think you would have got that, that that many people doing you know so much kind of things but there were people even before i started my podcast you know years before me just grafting away just doing their thing highlighting what's kind of happening you know in Aberdeen for a point in cases like my friend John Reed, who got the um the blog Mood of Collapse, documenting art culture in Aberdeen for like eleven years now. That's eleven years, you know, like of you know, him just kind of like highlighting all the interesting things that are going on. Cause there's kind of like a thing that people kind of say, like, you know, that nothing really kinda of happens like in Aberdeen. So I think like I've always kind of had that kind of mindset of actually Okay, you say nothing's ever happening, but from my kind of interest of what I'm into, I'm going to show you that some things are happening. I'm going to show you like an independent business owner, you know, that's kind of very much engaged within the kind of art and kind of like creative industry within Aberdeen. You know, I'm going to show you like someone who decided to actually, you know, who used to be really like skateboarding and then started their own business and actually kind of prints, you know, does all the skateboard decks from like his attic and stuff like that. So I'm always kind of like trying to show people the difference of what's kind of happening here, not just kind of one sided kind of view. I try to kind of cover as much as possible, but all coming back to the focus of like creativity and art and culture. So I've seen it definitely change a lot, even in terms of like, you know, the demographic for like minorities as well. When I first came up here, I was just like, very much a London boy, just kind of like, oh, comparing, oh, yeah, you guys got this as well, you know, like, you know, Aberdeen's not like, yeah, a, yeah. I thought it was going to be like, you have flushing toilets, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like, you know, very much comparing, you know, um, Aberdeen to like my, like, early, like, my life in London. And, but this kind of seeing that, you know, there's the, the demographic of like, you know, students um, from all over the UK, all over the world, like Aberdeen University, RGU you know, the Northeast College as well. So you're getting some people that kind of, you know, come here to study, then maybe go back home to their own towns or cities, other countries. And some people actually kind of, oh, I actually like it here. I'm going to stay here, you know? So you see some people that, you know, from different places in the world, actually kind of like, I think I think that benefits the city more. They're adding that more kind of vibrancy and more culture to the city, and you know? So I think that's kind of something that I've seen definitely change and improve over the 17, 17 years I've been here. Okay, so the sort of development of of culture coming from without to come within. I I guess it's been more and more in recent years that, you know, external cultures are really being celebrated rather than kind of pushed against. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that obviously is still developing as, as we've seen. Obviously, it was it early last year you had had a baby? Yeah, yeah, had a baby. Well, yeah, I've got a little daughter. It was like in March 25th she was born. My daughter Izzy, um, she's 15 months now, and yeah, that was like you know a really kind of special time, you know, for me and wife. She's she's a little madam now though, and um, she's actually just <laughs> my mother-in-law lives lived up the road from us, so she just came and collected her this morning, and you know, it's just kind of like. It's, it's been life-changing in the sense that, I don't know, I think it's actually changed me for the better as well. I think, like, it's given me so much more perspective, like, within, like, my life and, like, you know, for my wife as well, that you just kind of, like, you know, I kind of feel like, all right, I'm doing all this stuff now. And then, you know, thinking that, even seeing my daughter, I think that, that spares me on more 
to what I want to do, even like with the podcast or We Are Here or Big Up The Dean or anything else I do. So it's definitely kind of like chilled, chilled me out a bit more. I think before when I started my podcast, I probably did like, you know, if I could speak about that, you know, I could tell people like what not to do when you start a podcast. I probably did all of that. You know, I was like, <laughs> like running myself really thin, you know, um, there's that bits where I was just like, all right, I've got one chat. I probably did like three or four conversations in the week, which is ridiculous. And now like my podcast, I'm not recording anything since March. And then, but when I did start recording stuff this year, I was just like, okay, my family time and the time I have my family is so important. I have a demanding job as well in social work. So I was just kind of like, all right, then I'm just going to do chats just every fortnight. And then weekends, I stopped doing weekends like last year. I used to sometimes I used to, I used to still, before like my daughter came along, I'd still go and do like, um, some conversations on the weekend if somebody couldn't make the week. So now I kind of like, even that's giving me more focus and actually to be like, all right, then it's not about like quantity. It's about maybe it's like the quality now, you know, like I got to that point where I don't have to kind of, for myself personally, I don't have to prove anything. So I can actually just kind of pick and choose when I want to do like uh, an interview and stuff, but definitely sticking to that kind of format of like just every fortnight and the weekends are just for like me and my family. Okay. That's, I guess that's so important, isn't it? To have, a dedicated kind of work-life balance yeah and especially with the podcast you know it's you can find it it produces a, a bit of revenue and you know sports itself mm-hmm. but i guess it's important a as, as a platform for celebration and of you know sharing knowledge but also for you it's a real passion project as well yeah. it's something that you find so important so i think you know being able to say hold on Ica, no chill out <laughs> uh, and being able to kind of like divide your time up I think that it goes a long way. And I think it's something that takes a long time to sometimes realize. It does. It does. I think, you know, um, for me, like one thing I did last year, like I had, I had three friends who I previously interviewed. Gary Kemp from Dogscape was one that I mentioned about, you know, him like doing, you know, doing stuff for me his attic. Um, I have a friend who is a resident with the studios that I'm based in the anatomy rooms, Joe Muir and Emily Utter, who's a writer. I said to them, okay, you guys, I'm going to go on a little break. Would you want to kind of do like a little podcast kind of takeover? And I think for me as well, that's that kind of bit about, I probably have that kind of thing of this, like not like the trust issues, but as that, that, that control thing of being like, okay, I've done this and I'm really kind of anxious about how it's going to go and stuff, but it worked out really well. Now we know, and I was kind of thank them for doing that. Cause it's kind of like, I still wanted to, you know, even though I was like embracing fatherhood, I still wanted people to kind of engage with the content and be like, okay, let me hear an interview, but it's not Ica, somebody else, you know, that's been on the podcast before. So there's kind of like that kind of interconnection that they've heard, you know, these three guest hosts before, but let's hear like, you know, perspective, somebody interviewing who's a business owner, someone who's an artist, and then someone who's a writer. So you've got three different kind of mindsets there interviewing people. So yeah, that that was kind of like, you know, definitely kind of like interesting and it's also kind of about for me learning to like oh yeah you can work about people not thinking it's going to go like tits up and stuff you can like actually trust people because people that have interviewed or that subsequently become friends they actually believe in the podcast and they want to be a part of actually supporting that so it's definitely like okay that's cool to actually embrace as well yeah for sure you know i think giving that trust to someone is is a real mark of of friendship, isn't it? You yeah, know, it's something that you've built up your your you know proverbial baby mm-hmm. to hand that over and say, please don't please don't kill it. Yeah, I think it's, it's a big thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. and, and obviously it's gone well. The episode's yeah. really interesting, mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's really good. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you're focused in Aberdeen, and you know, 
thinking about verging out into other areas of, mm-hmm. of Scotland. But are there any UK cities that you think are leading the way in terms of celebrating their own culture and creatives? Yeah, there's like there's someone I follow, um, and she's like you know she's a you know a black artist, a black you know creative, and she's based I think she's based in Bristol, and sometimes like um, has kind of sent her some messages and stuff back and forth, and just kind of like and she's done she's done a lot of stuff for like New Art Festival as well. She's come to Aberdeen, but I've kind of just missed her when she's been up, and it's been like really interesting that how she's kind of like created a kind of like not 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 like the platform but created a kind of like good network of artists and creatives within Bristol and is actively seeking out opportunities for those artists and creatives as well I think for me like in anything I'm doing I'm always kind of like trying to do the same thing I've always kind of like if someone like someone just messaged me last week and said hey do you know of a photographer for this project i'm doing in abdeen so i said oh, okay i know someone straight away so i just kind of messaged that person said look there's their instagram page and they said all right so that person messaged me said oh thanks for recommending me you know and it's, it's like a paid a paid opportunity for that photographer so i kind of felt like you know try you no know, trying to do my best when i can with somebody saying well look you know i'm thinking of this project do you know of anyone then i will try and recommend someone as well you know because Aberdeen is a very small city, and I think this is like for me as well. I, I've done collaborations with a couple of artists with the whole big up the dean kind of stuff as well. So I was thinking like, well, how can I support someone in a way that's kind of meaningful and you know goes beyond the whole kind of podcast kind of format as well? So I think like you see people like like this person I follow, like you know she's based in Bristol. Then I think I'm starting to see now just for the connections I'm making with like the We Are Hair platform, like Manchester and Liverpool as well, and, and then London, people are actually kind of creating their small little kind of little hubs and little bubbles around them. Um, in terms of like, you know, working with like people like in different kind of industries and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of like it's all happening throughout the whole of the UK, not just Scotland, not just Aberdeen. I think everyone's kind of doing their little bits and pieces as well but it's just kind of like um to push you know to kind of like to get yourself kind of recognized and push is such hard work even for me i feel like i'm just like a tiny kind of like little speck i still need to kind of get to further 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 so i think always having that kind of mindset that i think a lot of people created just across the uk are always going to have and like just keep pushing yourself keep like taking up opportunities like this me speaking to you as well like you know keep looking for that kind of like exposure as well so i think yeah, there's lots of people who are kind of doing lots of different and interesting things across the UK. Yeah, I think it's about connecting the dots, isn't it? You know, there's yeah. all these communities and it's about linking them up. Yeah. And yeah, I think, you know, it, it's everything's in increments. I think especially with, you know, with podcasts or any any creative platform for that matter. I think the key thing is to not get lost in the idea of needing to do something massive and immediately going viral and whatever, you know, it's, it's baby steps, isn't it? You know, count the pennies, the pounds of mine themselves. Yeah. I mean, this is like, you know, this is the whole kind of like recent, like, you know, month, you know, it's just kind of like, I feel like with the whole podcast and all we are here, there's been like this massive kind of like trajectory for me. It's kind of happened, you know, as recently, and I've been doing this for like two and a half years. So it's just like, you know, I think, you know, this is the thing that like for me, I definitely kind of clicked on in the early stages. Like the podcast format is not a new, it's not a new format. It's a very kind of old format. And there's like thousands upon thousands of podcasts 
out there at the moment. You know, my my podcast is a very kind of niche thing. I'm focusing on Aberdeen, North yeah, yeah. Scotland. Some people, I think, the more niche, the better. Yeah, I, th- I think that's, I think this is it as well. I think it's just kind of like for me, like I'm I want to celebrate what's on my kind of like my back door, what's kind of happening around me. You know, I could you know if I kind of I was kind of think if I started the podcast in London, I probably would have got like this kind of sucked in maybe to a vacuum of this endless kind of podcast. I think in Aberdeen, there's probably about five, six, between six and eight kind of podcasts, people just doing their own independent kind of thing. And I think it's really kind of interesting that, um, that now like, you know, people recognize, oh, this is another way to kind of like, you know, promote, promote events, promote, you know, people, individuals, groups and stuff. It's just kind of like, yeah, just having to kind of think out of the box a bit, but it's always kind of like, it's always like a tried and tested kind of method. I wish that when I kind of started my podcast, like for me, I'm not really kind of tech savvy as well. So everything, if people go back and listen to my first episodes, you'll, and listen to the recent ones, you'll hear definitely like much more marked improvement in the recent episodes compared to when I first started in 2017. And that's just like a learning process, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, when you did your first one, which was what, uh, Doric Skateboard. Yeah, uh, Gary, yeah. Yeah, the audio, I mean, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Um, I think because anything you start with, mm-hmm. you know, realistically, the first couple of thousand listens, maybe a hundred perhaps, yeah. are going to be friends and family, realistically. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they're not going to be too horrible to you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you can kind of get away with it and kind of get your feet and cut your teeth a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think now that you're on well like episode like 89 or something like what are you on now it's like 86 i'm basically gonna record well i should have recorded it i've just been so busy i've just recorded like a solo kind of episode just to catch up like a checking in episode with listeners so i need to actually do that from actually my living room dining table where i have just now so i've got yeah. my, my equipment with me so i need to kind of actually just kind of do that probably yeah this weekend hopefully something from the grassroots i kind of realized oh you know what like this is probably never going to be worldwide transcendent but it's something that kind of feels kind of cool about that though that you know i have my little kind of niche and that you know you know when it's all kind of done and dust i'll be like well I, I did that and i kind of like just got out of my comfort zone and i actually really enjoyed it i think that's kind of like the main thing it's kind of like yeah i think it's you know for what you're doing you've clearly got a really dedicated community yeah and they're people who you know, actually will take the time to listen and message you. And, you know, you're making connections. A lot of these um, creatives that come on your podcast will re- really feel the difference in coming out of it. You know, it must be so nice to hear someone message saying, oh, because of that podcast, I ended up getting this job or whatever. You know, yeah. that's so nice. Geez, like, you, like, you must have been reading my DMs or something. <laughs> like, your research is... I have hacked your entire internet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, a lot of people kind of, like, message me um, and kind of said, oh, like, I've got this opportunity and I think it's because I want to thank you for this and that. I think oh, that's really nice and that's kind of really cool. And I kind of, like, like the fact that, you know, some people that I've interviewed or kind of just kind of like made friends with other people that I've interviewed and stuff. And it's also kind of like a kind of, I think it's kind of, kind of a strange thing because they'll see each other and be like, oh, I've listened to your episode and stuff, you know. And, yeah, that, yeah. and that's kind of really cool. And I think like, oh, that's awesome. Like, yeah, when someone says, oh, I met that person, they were like episode like nine and like, you know, as episode 30 something. And I mean, like, oh, that's, that's really cool. Like, to, in, a, in, a, in a very small like city that people actually connecting with each other. 
Yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, you know, it's fostering community, isn't it? Mm -hmm. People can relate on on that. And I think with the podcast, you know, you've spent up to an hour maybe talking about yourself, which, you know, is pretty self-indulgent. And I think Mm -hmm. people don't do that often, but people should do more often. I think, you know, you need to be your own biggest fan. I think it's super important. Absolutely. I think this is a very much like, I don't know, like, I think that's a very kind of like, you know, in that, that, you know, in America, I think they're very much like that. Even in schools, they're very much like, you know, yeah, like in the sports or anything, they very much cheer each other on and stuff, you know, like, you know, and, and I think you have to have that kind of unwavering belief or kind of like confidence in yourself. And I, and I you know, and I didn't have that when I started this, you know, I didn't have that for a long time. It's just kind of, it's been a slow kind of process, but I think it's that, that's kind of so important that when somebody's speaking about themselves, you have to kind of like speak with that kind of conviction that what I'm doing is, is, is great. You know, I'm a hard worker. I, I think it's like a UK thing that we don't want to do that because it comes across as like we're being arrogant or like too self-indulgent or something. But if you're, if you've got like an opportunity to speak about yourself and, and just hope that someone that might listen might offer you a really kind of cool opportunity, you have to speak with confidence and conviction about who you are and what you do. This is something that I've just kind of like started to kind of pick up on and learn as well. Cause like, now, before I start the podcast, there's been some people that come to the studio and they're really nervous. We have little practice ones, we just kind of chill and just actually just kind of talk, get somebody relaxed and stuff. And I think once you kind of have a natural free flow and conversation, that allows the listener to be like, oh, I get what that person's saying because I'm in the same kind of bind and stuff or oh, I feel like I'm at that stage in my career as well. Or that really, you know, what that person said it kind of really made things quite clear. So I think it's so much important how, yeah, you know, to actually get yeah, big yourself up when you're like, Especially on like you know on this like a platform like a platform like a podcast. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's a lot to do with why you're doing it in the first place. Because I feel like not speaking for you, but yeah. I think you know podcasts. At least my platform is there to try and create conversations. I mean, fifty percent of it, I just like talking to people. Yeah, you know, I just enjoy <laughs> conversations. I find them interesting. Yeah. I think yeah. people are interesting. Mm-hmm. So I mean, half of me doing all this is so I can just speak to interesting people, yeah. which you know it's worth it for me yeah and then if i can hopefully create a platform where people can learn or you know find other opportunities or creatives then even better you know mm-hmm. i think if that's your kind of reason behind it then you know the money may or may not come but as long as you're happy what you're doing you're all yeah. good yeah i think i think this is it as well like um i could have like you know you know you can mention a bit like that kind of the, the money thing and this is why i kind of like even just kind of like valuing my time doing this, I've never, I've never said to a guest, "Hey, I have to charge you and stuff." I didn't. That's just not right. It's not appropriate. So I thought, okay, then I started the whole kind of merchandise thing, big up the dean and stuff like that. And then just recently started that kind of like where you can buy me like a, a coffee, like just like yeah, the Ko-Fi thing, yeah, the Ko-Fi. great platform. Yeah, so I think it's just kind of like small kind of little things, and you know that kind of covers like stuff like okay me bus fares to go and you know go to my studio or like you know just that kind of time if i want to kind of like always get like some bottle like some kind of refreshments for guests and stuff like that so i'm always kind of thinking like you know this this kind of thing that and you know people if, if people want to get into podcasts and think oh like i'm gonna get like ridiculously rich and like you know make most money you're not you know you're gonna get like some kind of opportunity to, to promote some events and stuff and that's kind of like all good but like if you're like you know Whatever you're kind of like interested in, I think like everything I put back into, you know, the, the podcast as much as I can in terms of like, you know, equipment as well and stuff or like, need, like, okay, I need to get like a new laptop. Okay. Let me kind of like, I've been paid, you know, something just recently. I think, all right, let me put that aside and, you know, get like an up to date kind of laptop and stuff. So, you know, it's just kind of like, 
I, you know, I, like like you, I, I like doing this kind of like talking. Now, if we used to get into trouble at school for talking too much in class, so it's just like you know, for me, like I do find like people interesting. I find their stories interesting. Like, what kind of motivates somebody to get up in the morning and do what they do? I think that's very interesting in terms of like you know the art artist community and the creative community in Aberdeen. Yeah, for sure. And I think the conversations that need to be had because otherwise these people will carry on doing these amazing things and maybe won't ever kind of be recognized for it yeah and which is really sad but then you know you've had so many conversations with you know creative creative business owners Mm. all sorts of stuff is there anything that they have in common or do you think there's something that that they all kind of do that makes them tick i think the kind of things that people have in common is just kind of like they have this i love a lot especially in terms of like artists it's like no matter their kind of circumstances, they're always going to want to kind of create something, you know? There's that kind of thing just that, you know, something that exists within them that, or that kind of like thing I was probably saying, like, it's like passion for everyone that I've kind of like spoken to. You have your really positive moments and you have your down moments, but they always come back to like, you know, a lot of people I spoke to and friends privately who are in the kind of like independent business owners or like artists or creatives, everyone has that point when they'll be like, actually, I don't want to do this anymore. But for, you know, they might take a break from social media, but eventually they will come back and they'll be back on it again because there exists this passion within them that they cannot let this go. And I think that's so like, so there's definitely a common theme that I've seen within people that no matter what life throws at them, they still come back to what they love doing or what they're really good at. And I think that's something that's very kind of key to kind of like hang on to, especially like, you know, especially within the kind of whole creative industry. It's not like, it's not an industry that's kind of like, where artists or creators are getting paid very well. So the fact that people can still stick with their passion and what they really care about, I think that's really kind of like uh, amazing to see. Yeah, for sure. I think it's the passion, isn't it? These are passionate people who yeah. want to do and feel like an a innate need to do mm-hmm. what they do. And I think that is what sets them apart from people who who aren't so into it. And yeah. I think, you know, this whole, you know, coronavirus situation, uh, as we've all been through, will be a very interesting kind of uh streamlining process for people who you know they'll either come out of it and they'll be like oh well uh, that was horrible and i now need to get a real job or they'll be like actually you know this is my passion Mm -hmm. this it spurred me on to do it and i think there'll be a streamlining of people who you know are really set in their creative ways and people who perhaps are like actually this isn't for me yeah i didn't make any money out of it so i won't do it and i think you know it's it's that sort of balance and you know if you i, I fully believe if you stick to what you're doing and it's creative and it's honest and it's your mm. way of doing something play the long game and you you will get noticed you will get recognition you yeah. will get what you deserve and it's just yeah. a matter of sticking with it absolutely i agree because there's been so much kind of little things like i remember like a couple of years ago like some people say oh i'm gonna start a podcast and then you just never see it happening they say as well that's like, some podcasts that like, people in the start podcast probably last for about two or three months and then someone's like oh jacking the same because i'm not getting like thousands upon thousands of followers or listeners but it's about definitely about the long game the unfortunate thing is that we might, you know, probably head into another kind of recession. And obviously the when recessions come, the art industry, creative industries get hit the most. So I think this is a thing mm. where I'm starting to see like almost like this kind of like online kind of trend where you can you know kind of kind of predict and guess that okay, there's gonna be there'll probably be some people in a circle that you know who will be like, actually, I'm just gonna go back to my job full time. I went part time. I was gonna look into be like, you know, self-employed, but now's not the right time to go and do this, you know. 
So you're seeing like, you know, people that are being, you know, on furlough or coming back to work on, you know, different kind of strange circumstances. So I think you can, yeah, you definitely see a lot of changes happening in terms of like within the creative kind of industry that some people might say like, well, I had this business and actually that's just on hold. I'm going back to my full-time job. And I think like, you know, me, I've always got a full-time job. I'm never going to leave my full-time job. I love my job and I'm very lucky in that, you know, in that sense. But I think it's just like, yeah, it's, it's that kind of very much that kind of like weary kind of times on like, you know, difficult times that are definitely going to be like coming up, but it's just about definitely playing the long game and making it work for you. So if someone has to go work part-time to sustain their creative career, then just go work part-time because there'll be a, there'll be a turnaround in a few years time. We know that with recessions that these things go up and down. So I absolutely agree with you, Leo. It's about like, you know, playing the long game. And this is what I kind of recognized that, you know, when I kind of started that, but we're like in t- late 2018, you know, after like a year and a half, that first year of doing like the podcast, we're like, okay, this is about long game. This is about me kind of just creating a platform, grafting the way, and then someone might recognize it and just be like, right, like, yeah, let's kind of do something with this person, you know, this guy that's up in like, you know, Aberdeen. But yeah, for me, it's just kind of like, you know, I've, I've definitely kind of created that kind of little niche for myself to be like, okay, I can work full time and I can still do this as well, you know, and then, and then I got responsibilities as well. I have to pay a mortgage, yeah, yeah. you know, like I, I was kind of joking my wife, you know, saying like, you know, I've never, I've never had that mindset to kind of like, even when things could like start picking up with a podcast to be like, oh yeah, that's me. I'm quitting my job now, you know, like, you know, I think, I think very practically in that, um, that kind of terms, I think. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think now that you've got a, uh, obviously a daughter i mean <laughs> that's basically two mortgages my friend yeah um, <laughs> absolutely so, you know that, that, that'll be a, a interesting but also a very exciting time i think to yeah. develop with that oh absolutely and the uh, question that i'm sort of always try to ask on the podcast mm-hmm. sometimes i forget is uh, if you could have any work of art in the entire world in your home mm-hmm. what would it be oh, i don't know i actually do you know what? I, I i wouldn't you know what that's a hard one. You put me on the spot there as well. I actually couldn't like answer that. Jeez. I mean, the answers in the past have been like LeBron James shoe through to like the Salvador Mundi. Like it, it does all in between. So, you know, yeah. whatever, any sort of object or you know, artwork that you think would look nice. You know, I, yeah, so I see like this would look nice, but I don't think I could have it in my house just because I've got like my little daughter probably wanted to see she's in the, she's grabbing everything. But any kind of prop from the original Star Wars series, oh, that would be awesome for me. Yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. But it has to be something where yeah, really high, like a lightsaber or something. Yeah, no, I, I like something that really kind of was obscure and random. Maybe something from the, the Tatooine kind of cantina or something like that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like a little space instrument or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wicked. Okay, that's pretty cool. Well, I'll I'll stop it there and I'll let you get back to your, your busy old life. But yeah. thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. No, cheers. Thank you. Thank you for letting me just waffle on. <laughs> hey, man. You, man. I really appreciate you. More than I really appreciate it, man, as well. So there we go. Finished with Ika Hedlund. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I had a lovely time chatting to him. You can find him on Instagram at the Creative Me Podcast. As always, you can keep up to date with all the goings on with me at Curating Conversation. And alongside that, I also run the Rafiki Gallery, and there is lots of fantastic art and artists to explore over there, so please do check it out. If you enjoyed the episode, please make sure to like and tell your friends and give it a share. It really helps. Thanks very much. Enjoy. Enjoy.